I wanted to finish tonight what we started last Wednesday night on fasting and prayer, and uh, I'd like to do that. We started off in the Old Testament reading scripture from Isaiah 58. I'll just uh, run over some things that we did last Wednesday night and then continue on with uh, uh, five more points that I have. I only got to two of them with the introduction. So if you'll turn and open your Bibles to Isaiah 58, we find that God is speaking through his prophet Isaiah to cry out to the people of some of the things that they're doing in their lives that displeases him. And sometimes we do things that please the Lord and sometimes we do things that doesn't please the Lord. But the children of Israel were, were going through all of the motions of fasting and prayer, which was good, except for one thing. The, the thing that they were praying for was not God's will. And God wanted them to know that and understand what His will is when we fast and pray. So as we go back there, I just want to recapture some of these verses, and very quickly look at them as we get started. We'll kind of review a little bit, and then we'll move right on through these others. Uh, Isaiah 58, verse 1, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions, and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways, as a nation that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore uh, uh, have we fasted, and say they, Thou, thou seest not? Where, wherefore have we afflicted our souls, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of the wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voices be heard on high. Is it such a fast that have I chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul or to, to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ash under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? Verse 6, Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of the wickedness and undo the heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free? that ye break every yoke, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bringest the poor to, that are cast out into thy house? When thou seest the naked, that, apart, that thou covereth him, and that thou hide, him to, hide not himself from thine own flesh, um, then shall the light break forth as the morning, and thine help shall spring forth 
speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Father, we thank you tonight for the word of God. And again, we thank you uh, to be able to preach upon this subject. And we ask you, Lord, to just give us a heart uh, of love and a, and a mind of attention to hear the things you have to say to us tonight that will help us as we uh, shortly are going to be a church-wide fast. And Lord, we're going to uh, seek your face. We're going to seek your will. We're going to desire, to Lord, for you to show us what it is that you want us to do. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit guidance in our lives, our families, our home, our church, and in our community. Thank you that we have an effectiveness because of Jesus Christ and his power. We ask it all in his name. Amen. Now, just reflecting back on a couple of things, we talked about fasting and prayer. And uh, we understand that fasting is uh, something that we do of a desire, a will, a choice, that we do it even though we could be lawful in, in, in doing the things we normally do and uh, seeking the things we normally seek, but we've come apart to fast. And what does it mean to fast? It means just to deny yourself of refreshment to the body or strength of the physical and deny yourself of rest or sleep. Remember that David prayed for the precious child that was afflicted by God. And he lay for seven days and prayed and fasted and would have no food. And, uh, and he denied himself those things, peradventure that maybe God would spare the child. But God had already been, he had already been told by the prophet Nathan. And then, and then denial of relationship. Uh, simply, we remember the example of what it means to deny a personal relationship with your spouse or your wife or husband uh, or, or with your family or friends. But we remember that David wanted Bathsheba's husband to go to his home and have relationship with his wife. And such an honorable soldier was he that when he went to his house, he slept at the door. He would not pleasure himself with his wife because he knew that he had friends that were out on the battlefield dying and he didn't feel it worthy to do such a thing. And uh, we see the honor in what he had done. So when do we fast and pray? Uh, we started off with the first two points and that was spirituality needs development. And where that comes in at is from Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Remember that Nehemiah got a report from a messenger about Jerusalem and the terrible things that had happened there. The walls were broken down, the gates were burned, uh, the people were in great affliction. And the Bible says when he got that news, he sat down and wept. But he didn't, he didn't just continue to weep for a long period of time and then get up. The Bible says he then fasted and prayed. He wanted to be able to do something that God would be pleased with. And so he sought the Lord as to how he could make a difference in restoration of God's city. 
So we find that spirituality needs development. And then secondly, we talked about sin needs to be detected. When we fast and pray, sin needs to be detected. Remember that we went to the book of Joshua chapter 7, verses 1 through 11, and you will remember that we gave the story of the battle that David and his men went into, and God gave explicit instructions that they were to take nothing from those enemy. Don't touch it. Don't put it in your own possession. Don't bring it into uh, the house of God or into your home. And we find that one man decided to just take one little thing, I guess. And who was his name? I'm sorry? Achan. His name was Achan. And uh, God revealed to his servant that there was sin in the camp. And, of course, they detected that sin, and they dealt with it as God would have them to deal with it. Remember what the Bible says in the New Testament about sin and how easy it is to get into the church and how, how it can affect the church? Uh, chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians, A little leaveneth, leaveneth the whole lump. Let a little sin creep into your life, and it'll, it'll cause more sin in your life. Let a little sin come into the church and turn your head from it, and pretty soon you've got more sin to deal with. So we find that uh, they were to, they were to um, uh, fast and pray and ask God to show them where there was sin. You know, when God reveals it to us, then we can confess it. We can get those things right. We can do what God wants us to do. Now we move on to the third. And the third reason for fasting and praying is that the servants of God need direction. The servants of God need direction. And we find that in the New Testament, in the book of Acts chapter 13. If you would like to turn there, Acts chapter 13 verses 1 through 3 uh, is where we find here the Word of God and God giving direction to His servants. Acts chapter 13 and verse 1 through 3. All right. Now, now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Mania, uh, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord, and what did they do? Fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them out. Uh, isn't it wonderful that we don't have to wonder what we're supposed to do when calls us, God calls us to do something? Because he's going to reveal that to us. He's going to let us know what we're supposed to do. Where we're supposed to go. What we are supposed to accomplish for him. And uh, it's important sometimes that we, uh, we take time to fast and pray. And just say, Lord, wherever you want me. Uh, and I, and I, I experienced that. And I've shared it. That even, even in my last days of college. That I didn't know what God wanted me to do beyond graduation but I knew he had me in there for a purpose. 
and by fasting and praying for seven days on the seventh day the answer came to my prayers of what I was supposed to do God directed and I'm grateful for that direction so we find that that um, that we get direction from God now the saints need deliverance not only does the servants need direction but the saints need delivery uh, we get into uh, serving the Lord we can get into some pretty tough places we can get ourselves into sometimes situations that that they don't look too good for our favor but remember that if there's someone praying and fasting God's going to work a miracle and uh, so we find that in chapter 12 look with me in chapter 12 of the book of Acts and listen what happened when the church fasted and prayed now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church and he killed James the brother of John with the sword the Bible says in verse 3 and because he had because he saw it that it pleased the Jews he proceeded further to take Peter also then were the days of unleavened bread and when he had apprehended him excuse me when he had apprehended him he put him into the prison and delivered him unto four quadrants of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people Peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer was made without ceasing keep that thought in mind please prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him and when Herod would have uh, brought him forth the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers there of the door kept the prison and behold the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying arise quickly and his chains fell off from his hands and the angel said unto him gird thyself bind on thy sandals and so he did and he saith unto him cast thy garments upon thee and follow me there was an urgency to do what needed to be done at that very moment and God was working right in the midst of all of this in which he had was was facing and the Bible says and he went out and followed him wish not that it was true which was done by the angel but thought he saw in a vision when they were past the first and second ward they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city which opened to them on his own accord and they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him and when Peter was coming to himself he said now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod from all of the expectation of the people of the Jews and when he had considered these things he came to the house of Mary the mother of John whose surname was Mark and where many were gathered together praying so we find that 
the church went into a prayer mode when they, when, whenever Peter was taken captive of the Jews and put into the prison. They just, they just prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And the Bible emphasized that they prayed without ceasing. Now, how could that be, that they could pray uh, without ceasing? Now, there's a couple of ways that we as a church could pray without ceasing. We could do it corporately as all of us would pray for a period of time and fast. But we could also do it as individuals doing prayer, let's say 30 minutes or an hour of prayer. And you would designate, you would sign up and you would do your time in praying. And then prayer would go up continuously for the need of the church. And that's what happened here. They, they prayed and they prayed without ceasing. And God answered their prayers, and the saint was released from prison. And when he got back to this house, uh, when he knocked on the door, and one of the young ladies came, and she saw that it was Peter, she ran back in and told him, uh, Peter's at the door. Well, they knew where Peter was. Oh, you're crazy. He's in prison. Let's keep praying. And uh, it took a while for him to get through the shock, but then Peter came in. And their prayers were answered. God uses fasting and prayer uh, for his saints who need deliverance. And then we find a fifth thing here. And that is prayer needed for, for um, those. Um, uh, uh, excuse me. Prayer is needed for those who suffer. And uh, defending that one who is suffering. Now I go back to 2 Samuel uh, chapter 9, uh, excuse me, chapter 12, verses 13 to 17. And, and we'll just give you an overview of that text of what's going on in 2 Samuel uh, in, in the book of, of uh, chapter 12 in verses 13 through 17. Remember that Nathan had come to David and he kind of gave a story about, about a man who had many lambs and he he went and stole one man's only lamb. And when, when the story came unfolding, David was hot in his anger because he knew that whoever did this needs to be severely punished. And when the prophet told David, thou art the man, his whole countenance changed. And then he admitted uh, that he had sinned. And he wanted forgiveness from God. And the prophet said to him that God has already taken care of that sin. But the child that you had with Bathsheba, that child is stricken and the child will die. So David begins to fast and pray. And he lays down on the ground and he starts praying and he prayed and he prayed. And the men were scared to dis just uh, disturb him while he was fasting and praying. And they we could not get him to eat anything or do anything but pray and fast. And as you know, the scriptures tells us that the baby died. And then when the baby, when the baby died, they didn't come tell him that the baby had died. How did he find out? Does anyone remember? He heard him whispering. He heard him whispering. You know, when... Uh, Brother Les was in the hospital, and he was 
in there with very sick and he had pneumonia and things were not looking good. Uh, as you know, he could not hear either. But when all of the family walked in around his bed and he saw us there, he kept looking up at us, kept looking up at us. And then he said to Rose, is the best way he could communicate, what's, what's going on here? I think he knew what was going on, that we were there to ask the Lord to comfort him in his last hours on this earth. And it was with David that he recognized that what the prophet had said had come to pass. And then he got up and he washed himself and changed his garments. And he began to eat and refresh his body. Now what was the response of those servants to the way David did all of this? It, it, it was confusing to them. You know, he, he wouldn't let us disturb him, and now he's getting up. And what did David finally acknowledge and tell them? He said, listen, it's, it's come to pass. The child has died. I can't bring the child back. I can't pray anymore for God to heal that child. But I can go to the child. You know, we, we kind of use these verses right in here. Uh, sometimes you hear people say that, uh, and it, it, it just breaks your heart to hear this, but people say that uh, if, if a child uh, dies, they may not be in heaven. And sometimes they'll say, well, this woman was a sinner, and she was pregnant, and she died with the child, and that child will not be in heaven. Let me tell you, there are too many scriptures to reinforce the fact that God loves babies. He, he said, suffer the little children to come unto me. There is that innocence. A child does not know uh, what sin is. And it takes a period of time for them to learn and experience life enough to know that they can sin. They do have a nature to sin. And uh, it, is a, it is an exciting thing when a child begins to realize Yes, I'm a sinner. And you ask them, have you ever sinned? And when they say, no, I've never sinned, then you send them back home. And you, you, you invite them to come back when they sin. And uh, sooner or later they come and say, I want to get saved. I want to get baptized. Well, uh, uh, are you a sinner? Yes, I'm a sinner. Have you ever sinned? Oh, yes, I have. It was kind of like, yes, I remember now. I did. Uh, did you ever steal a cookie out of the cookie jar? Did you ever set the house on fire and tell them you didn't do it? <laughs> you know, so many things we do as kids, and we look back now, and boy, it's a wonder we weren't killed in the process of doing crazy things. But we find that David prayed for his suffering child in death, defending that child. So that's number five. Number six is Satan needs defeating. Satan needs defeating. And God tells us in his word in Mark chapter 9, and if you want to turn there, I want you to see what took place in that chapter. In Mark chapter 9, we find that there is a young man 
a son of a, of a man that was suffering from a deaf and dumb situation of life. And he was tormented in this condition of his life. And the Bible describes the things that the son went through as you read through the chapter there. Uh, and this man brings his son to Jesus. Let's look at uh, uh, verse 14. And when he came to his disciples and saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them and straightway all the people when they beheld him were greatly amazed and running to him uh, to salute him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the uh, multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Wherever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth at his teeth, and pine away. And I spake to thy disciples, and they uh, should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit teareth him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since he came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if thou wilt cast down, excuse me, but if thou wilt canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible with God to them that believeth. And straightway the father uh, of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And Jesus saw that the people came running together, and he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit crieth and rent him sore, and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He's dead. When that spirit came out of him, he just left him lifeless. But Jesus, <laughs> but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And he, when he was come to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And, uh, and he said unto them, This kind came forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now I want you to think about how much time did Jesus in his ministry spend with the Father in private, in prayer? Was it just every once in a great while? Was it often? I think that it was often that Jesus went apart from all the people to spend time with his Father to pray and seek the Father's will. And you know, many times 
his disciples went to get food. And they came back. And he said, eat. They said, eat, eat, eat. And he said, I have food to eat of that you know not of. Do, do we understand what Jesus was telling them? I get my strength from my Father. I listen to him. He gives me that strength to do his will. And, and if we're going to defeat the devil, we're going to have to sometimes fast and pray. And we probably know people who have gone through deep and dark valleys who spent time fasting and praying. I mentioned two books the last Wednesday night. Uh, one was by Dr. Elmer Towns on fasting. It's a very good book and it has a guide, study guide with it. And the other one I mentioned was uh, a book that was written by uh, Dr. Elmer Towns and Jerry Falwell. And in that book, they gave many examples of fasting and prayer. Uh, I read somewhere that at one occasion, Jerry Falwell, if I understand this right, and forgive me if I've got my memory in a wrong place, but I believe on, on one occasion I know of that he, he fasted and prayed for 40 days. 40 days. I don't think any of us probably can fathom going 40 days without eating. But Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And when he finished that fast, he met up with the devil. And he met the devil at every, every thing that the devil could throw at him. He came right back with scripture. It is written. It is written. We must remember God's word is true. God's word is sure. God's word is powerful. And we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. So we can have victory through fasting and prayer. And then seventhly, we find that salvation needs description. And we go to Luke 24 and verse 49. I'm going to turn there right now. Luke 24 and verse 49. Let me go back to verse 46. And then I'll get to verse 49, which is the verse I want to get to here in Luke 24. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, in Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, Jesus said, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Starting at Jerusalem. The key word here in our text of verse 49, But tarry ye in the city. In other words, be patient and wait. Well, the Lord is sending the Holy Spirit down. And we find that, that if we're going to take God's message to a lost world, we have to have his power. 
We have to have the Holy Spirit working upon us. One will not accomplish God's will without the power of God. And uh, so we find that prayer and fasting are needed in many areas of our personal life, our family, our friends, our church. Uh, yesterday, when I was at the hospital with uh, Teresa Mitchell as she was having, uh, as she was having surgery, and uh, we'll tell you a little bit about that in the prayer time. As she was having surgery, I was sitting with Paul, and he, first I was sitting with his son, John. And John asked me, he said, would you please remember to pray for this man? And he gave me the name of the man. And then a little while later, John had to go home because he'd worked all night. Paul came and sat down beside me, and we started talking. He said, would you pray for this man? And he gave me his name, and he said, he's in the hospital right here. And he has double pneumonia, and he's just struggling and fighting for his life. He's on a respirator. And uh, he said, this man is the person who is in control of all the operation that takes place at FedEx out here. He's the man that runs the whole thing. And uh, they love him. He's a good boss. He's a good uh, supervisor. He's a good uh, man to help them in their times. And now it's time for folks to pray for him. So we're going to mention his name tonight, and he'll be in our prayer list, and I wish you would pray for him. So we need to pray. We need to get God upon us in such a way that we can fast and pray and seek the Lord and seek his will. Now, we're fixing to do some fasting and praying. Um, let's see. If I, read, if I read my notes right, um, after the services Sunday night, after we have the Lord's, uh, Lord's uh, Supper, that we are going to fast from Sunday night until Monday night. Is that right? We're going to do some fasting and praying. But then again, comes Saturday. Is that the first? Saturday is first. We're going to come together as a church here at 10 o'clock, and from 10 to 12, we're going to uh, have a prayer time and sharing of, of seeking the Lord's will. You see, it's not my agenda, and I hope you don't think it's your agenda, but we want to be on God's agenda. We want to know that what we do, we have followed his word, and we have sought his face, and we desire to know his will. And if it's God's will, then it will come to pass. And if not, the Lord will reveal that. And so let's pray for one another and let's pray for the upcoming uh, times that we're going to be together and uh, the times that we're going to be privately praying and fasting uh, for the Lord's will. But there are times when we need to pray and fast. And God has given us several examples of that in his word. And so let's bow our heads in a word of prayer and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's just ask his will be done.